What is the meaning of sex in your journey? Are you simply a hedonistic pleasure whore seeking only to fulfill your sexual desires? Or are you inquiring spiritually in order to answer the question of who you are through deep sexual practice? Or maybe you're just trying to fill a hole within yourself through the ashes of your friends, family, and co-workers' validation. You can only ever be where you are right now. Bottled your podcast. It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Bold Dojo Podcast, really the home of self-cultivation, a place where we can just dive into social dynamics, where we can understand how best to interact with other human beings and learn about ourselves in relation to others. If you have any questions or personal stories that you would like to get my feedback on, you can always send them through at bolddojo.com, B-O-W-L-D-O-J-O.com, any one of the contact forms there. Or you can also reach out to me on social media, on Instagram, at uitang1, double oi tang one or on facebook which is just facebook the adam ui you guys can find all the links down below to that also if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter the bowl sip you can do so over at bowldojo.com just a quick sip of social dynamics little cheeky article it's free every single week comes out on fridays australian time and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that i think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media once off sessions and I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, on boldoja.com. A nice five-track, eh, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course. Just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash Adam Ui, A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at The Bowl. So thank you very much. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Yes, sir. My friends, today we're going to dive into the very concept of what sex is, the value that it brings, how you define yourself around it. We've got four stories, four client stories today. Normally, we base these podcasts off just one. I got four today. One of them you've heard before, three of them completely fresh over the two over the past couple of weeks, and one that was uh, late last year. That as a collective, as a group, are going to form the education of what it means for a really a human being to understand the very coming together of masculine and feminine energy and sexual polarity. You could be a boy, you could be a girl coming to this. And I'm not talking about 13-year-olds or 11-year-olds. I'm talking about 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 50-year-olds that are still boys and still girls because their development in regards to the sexual space is severely underdeveloped. That the idea of sex is merely penetration. It is an activity point of penetration rather than a reflection point of who you really are, who you really are, who you could be. Your very concept of your existence in this universe will be understood today. I promise you that. <laughs> well, actually, I can't promise that. I can't promise that because I am not in charge of your learning. I will facilitate the process. I promise I will facilitate the process. And even if I fail, I fail to do so bravely. And I thank you for being here. And yes, four stories. Let's get it. In order to remain private and keep things anonymous, I'm just going to refer to everyone in the story as X, either X1, X2, X3, X4. So in this first story, the money and the sex story, this happened in the US and it is a uh, mid-20s male client. Yesterday, I went out to go and meet some girls and work on the stuff that we talked about. The final interaction of the day, it was this woman that I went up to and she was pretty receptive right off the bat. You could tell through her eyes and stuff like that. We talked for a bit, found out she was a student from Dubai. We progressed it forward, started walking through the mall. She was pretty down, to be honest. So I was like, hey, why don't we go somewhere else and hang out? And she was like, oh yeah, we can go grab coffee. We went back to my car. 
drove to Starbucks, and then sat and hanged at a nearby park. Then I suggested, why don't we go back to my apartment? She said, okay, that would be cool. But because my place was too far away, about one and a half hours, she was like, why don't we go back to my apartment? So we drove to hers, sat down inside, showed the shit, talked for a little bit. We're getting to know each other, still learning about each other. And I found out that she was divorced, had a couple kids, not with her though, in the country. We were sitting across from each other at that point. I was like, hey, come down and sit over here. She comes over and sits down on me. And we start getting into a bit of foreplay. And eventually I was like, hey, let's go into your room. This was all the course of only meeting each other a few hours ago. So we're in her room. We start getting into it. Some clothes start coming off. But before we go into actual penetration, as we're talking during foreplay, she says, you know what I want? Money and gifts. I stopped for a second. I was kind of confused. Said, what does that mean? She said, in our culture, you have to give money or a gifts. But we'll still have sex though. And albeit this is right before we're about to do the thing, I was a little taken aback, saying to her, what does that mean? And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of a student and I don't have much money. Basically, she was given a lot of money. Apparently, it's a cultural thing for people in Dubai to have an arranged marriage and she was used to that. Her idea of being in a relationship with an American man was her being given money also. So basically what happened was that she was dangling sex right in front of me as we were on the bed, almost completely naked. And at that point, she's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll still have sex though. But you'll get me a gift, right? And I could have said, oh yeah, sure. And then that would have been it, right? And we would have gone on. But I said, you know what? No, I don't believe that's right. We were just getting to know each other. We only met today. It, would, it wouldn't be right for me to invest that much in someone I don't even know that well. Of course, she didn't like that. And we got a little distance from there. She didn't want to do anything more. And I agreed to that. It's not what I believe in. We stopped, put our clothes back on. And I was about to leave, but I went to sit back down in her living room. As she went on to tell me about all these issues she's having in her life. I was like, this is pretty much over. But I gave her some advice and she started crying about the state of her life. The connection was pretty much over at this point. There was really nothing more to do. It was such a strange experience. There was this great connection we were having and we were on this bed. And then she drops the bomb on me. I could have in the moment just said, yeah, I'll get you a gift and had sex. But for me, it was a red flag and just said, no, it's not right. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Adam. Okay, that's the end of the story. Context for that story, I forgot to mention at the beginning. He is a virgin. That, that client... Has had been working on his social dynamics for roughly, I would say, at a minimum two years prior to that. So he'd been working diligently, actually, for two years on his social dynamics. Was a virgin coming into this experience. Met this girl in the in in the middle of the day. Drove to the coffee store. Back to the bed, naked. Ah, got to give him the gifts. So you got to imagine the and the, I'm I'm just shortening the breakdown. I'm not. Doing, I don't want to go into a full breakdown of the story because we've got three other stories to get. But just for you guys to behold the gravity of that situation, that's why a whole podcast was dedicated to that one story because that's incredible that someone could stand by their principles in the face of such temptation, as I said before. The pleasure horror of hedonistic sexual desire. Moving on to story two now. This is also sent by one of my clients who is in the US, mid-20s, different part of the US. But I never actually did a podcast on this story. So this is the first time any of you podcast listeners are hearing the story, but you may have read it in the bowl sip. So- because I did an article about it. Anyways, he goes on to say to me in an email, this still seems a bit surreal, but yesterday I went out to do my challenge 
he's referring to the 30-day challenge that I have my clients do. And during it, I met this girl who was visiting X city for a couple of days max. The vibe was relaxed, very relaxed, as I was feeling tired. But her energy was also very calm and zen. So we connected right off the bat. I had some difficulty working out the logistics of when we could meet because I had work. Another date the following day and more work. So I just shot for the let's meet up here tomorrow morning and just check out the market together, which she was down for. I took her contact info and headed to work. I realized she was in town for a very short amount of time, had a high level of interest in me, and that I get free food and drinks at my work. When these three thoughts combined, I sent her a text saying that if she could meet me at my restaurant late, talking 9.30ish, that I would treat her to some food slash drinks. She agreed, and we met in the evening and had a drink and some food, during which came time to leave. Sorry, skipped a line there. During which we had lots of great conversation with palpable chemistry. When it came time to leave, she mentioned if I wanted to go anywhere else. I knew what she was trying to articulate. In quotes, lead me, end quotes. So I told her that I'm taking the bus of her downtown, in brackets, where she was staying at a hostel, in brackets, and that we'd find somewhere else to go. While we were walking to the bus stop and laughing on this cold rainy night, I told her to shut her eyes and kissed her. When we got downtown, we walked around a bit to look at the night lights and found a bar. While we were in there, I kept progressing things forward and also learned that her logistics were pretty much as awful as mine and that she shared a room with eight other people. (laughs) For a moment, I contemplated our options and that's when she said, in quotes, well, we could always split a hotel, in quotes. For some reason, this thought seemed so outlandish that I probably wouldn't have even mentioned it, had even thought about it. I said, yeah, it's a really good idea. Took out my phone and made a reservation. About 30 minutes later, we were in a hotel room right next to this certain iconic landmark in the city. Cover that well, cover that well. It's roughly 1am at this point. Before anything else happened, I grabbed her hand and said, hey, take a hot shower with me. I said this for the only reason that I wanted to do it, and it felt so goddamn fun and spontaneous. Once we were in that hot water together, the rest of the the night just flowed like butter. I don't consider myself a super sexually experienced, but I have to say it was one of the best experiences I've ever had with a woman. Not only could I tell she was present and in her body, as I was, but she also had this small, fit, feminine frame that made the sex even more incredible. She was also able to orgasm during regular penetration, which she told me she's never been able to do during a hookup. What this signaled to me is that she's completely 100% trusted in me and that the frame that I set up for us was one that she could let go into, which made me very happy to know. We ended going to sleep sometime around 4am. I got a few hours of sleep and then we got up. I walked to towards the hostel. We shared a heartfelt goodbye that almost felt bittersweet. Words couldn't quite encompass what we had just shared. And then I sent her on her way. The whole experience felt so loving. And even though technically it's just a hookup, the fireworks were physical, psychological, and emotional. And I can genuinely say I gave this girl one of the most amazing nights she'll ever remember as her time in that city. A story lights me up. That story really does light me up. It really makes me feel tremendous. It's just beautiful. It's, you know, perfection's a tidy word to come across, but 
It almost seems like perfection, doesn't it? So sliding into story number three here, this is one of my younger clients, early 20s, from the US. However, this story happened in Spain. No less than two weeks ago, he was just taking a trip over there. At the moment, he's not currently focused on heavy social dynamic training, but when he goes out, he's just focused on seeing goes, which by the way, for the continuity of things, my friends, if you listen to the previous podcast on how not to sleep with a hot Russian model, this is the same client from that podcast around sexual experience anxiety. So he sent me this pre-context email in preparation for one of our sessions, night out in Spain. However, this is not the first interaction of a night. Some other things that happened before that. He goes on to say to me, next interaction was with a cute Mexican girl who I actually met later the same night. We were both on the dance floor, her with her friend. When we made eye contact, I said hi to her. She clearly was out to meet guys that night, as she was very touchy off the bat. And we ended up dancing, wandering around the club together, and making out. Something I thought to be a red flag. I noticed that she asked for my Instagram within 30 seconds of meeting me, which didn't make sense to me at all. She said it was so we could keep in touch, and I was genuinely confused as the conversation had just started. Throughout the night, she was also taking tons of Snapchat videos of us dancing together, which is also very strange. <laughs> Later, we went back to her place under the pretense of drinking some tequila, and we ended up having sex. This was actually a great opportunity to practice your tips for sexual experience anxiety. I took everything super slow and put no pressure on myself to escalate or, in quotes, perform, end quotes, in any sort of way. I took longer making out before we undressed, and the whole experience was just so much better all around. However, after sex, she seemed to become very clingy and kept talking about how I shouldn't fly back to the US and that I shouldn't, that I should, and that I should just stay in Spain with her. When I explained that I didn't want to do that, she kept protesting and went on about how we should go on a vacation to Paris together. I'll go into more detail when we talk. But overall, it made me very uncomfortable and kind of put those earlier red flags into context. In retro, I wonder if it was the right thing to do to sleep with this girl, even though the attraction was there for both of us, given what an emotionally needy state she was in. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes, sir. And finally, my friend, story number four, but this one's an absolute banger. Happened actually just last week. Well, the way that they met was about four weeks ago, cold approach in the day. Then they had a day two after that, about a week and a half after that. So it spanned over the last three to four weeks, but the actual uh, sexuality of things really heated up last week. So yeah, let me give you a little pre-context on that. So down here in Australia, not going to say what city, but this girl was somewhat of a higher level of attraction than his guy is used to. As a client, and the coach working together, we've been targeting any social dynamics training, the meeting of the right people, not just meeting some people, the, the, just people, but meeting the right people and the right people, are the ones that you are genuinely attracted to, the ones that light a fire within you. So this girl was finally of that caliber, where he's previously been dodging that, working around that laterally, running away from that out of fears, limiting beliefs. So this girl was a big step up for him in terms of the type of people that he's meeting. So they met in the day, then they had a day two. On the day two, went down great. However, it was the first time that he ever executed a kiss on a date from Cold Approach. He's been on other dates from Cold Approach. However, has not executed the kiss. Again, fear, limiting beliefs. This is the first time that he finally uh, begrudgingly got himself to do it. There's a lot of resistance is what I'm saying during it in terms of his own mind, but he got through it. It was great. Then moving on after that day two, set up for the day three, that slides us into today's message. He says to me through WhatsApp, private message here that only my clients get access to. He says, also an update on what happened with that girl. Date three was dinner of mine. 
Housemate was away for the weekend, so good timing. The plan was to cook ramen, put on a movie, and just chill. Plus, proceed with the talk. Pause it right there. Just realizing you guys have no idea what that means. So after the day two, he'd come back to me saying that, listen, Adam, I feel like this girl has some preceded levels of attachment. That if we were to go into a full-blown sexual experience, sexual penetration and intercourse, she might be the type that envisions a relationship straight after that. And based on where I'm in life, I know I'm definitely not ready for that. So should I be having this conversation with her about where we're at in terms of our lives and our sexual desires, et cetera, pre, pre sexual intercourse, pre first sexual experience? And my advice is always to err on the side of caution that it's always better to be slightly, slightly in the favor of caution than slightly in the favor of risk because you don't want to burn any bridges. You don't want to cause any unnecessary cleanup or messiness at the end that could be very easily avoided if you just had an adult, mature, quick discussion about where you're at in each other's lives and that you're all on the same board. So he took that on board. And also that's just one of our principles, by the way, my friends. We'll talk about being principle-guided, direct, congruent, authentic, covering of empathy, specifically acting upon the authenticity principle there to decide what is right, what is right in the moment based on your internal ethics. Okay, so he did that. Well, you're about to find out. Coming back to the message. So yeah, the plan was just to cook ramen, put on a movie, plus just chill and have the talk. When the makeout started, I could feel the clothes starting to come off. I stopped her and said if we could have a little talk. I told her that I get the feeling you're more of a relationship type of girl. However, at this stage of my life, I'm still learning about who I am in relation to others. So it's important to me to be able to see other people as well so I can continue to learn about myself. But I respect you and I like you. I don't want you to feel disrespected and you misplace your trust in me. So I wanted to be upfront about where I am in life. She then responded with where I am in life right now a bit jaded from relationships and everything is set up in my life such as that I wouldn't need that kind of attachment. She then said some things after which I can't really recall, but the gist was that she isn't the type of girl who has preceded attachments. She said she understands where I am in life and she supports me learning about myself in relation to others. We were on the same page and then I leaned in to kiss her and we had sex that night. All right, all right. So let's pull it all together now, my friends. That was four different journeys. We'll talk about what is the meaning of sex in your journey. You've just seen direct, congruent, authentic, covering of empathy, the principles we go by, we run by, executed in very different levels, very varying levels of standard. You got one person in X number one, you know, you got that money trading gifts of sex, didn't break on his principles. You know, stellar job, incredible. But then you've also got X3, in which that, Maybe there was a little bit of a negligence going on there in regards to picking up on her Instagramming and Snapchatting. And the preceded attachment, of course, is what we're talking about there. And maybe having sex with her was not the best idea. And okay, so some learnings go on there. But then you've also got X2 in which that it was just an absolute flying by colors, you know, that very short experience of sex in his journey. But it was so powerful and so meaningful. You know, it wasn't just like a, a quick suck and fuck and that's it. I'll see you guys later. There was deep, deep spiritual connection within the hot shower story there of X number two. I believe it was X number two. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. But the hot shower story. And by the way, all these stories were incepted through cold approach, which is just beautiful. It's just inspirational what happens when you practice the art, the true art of human interaction, of just seeing someone. I'm a man. You're a woman. Let's see if we connect. Yes, sir. Okay, so 
con- contrasting the pace and the speed and the depth of sexual experience now with X2 with X4. You look at X4 in which that it was a very drawn out experience what you just heard. Extraordinarily drawn out uh, in re- relation to X number two, which happened within one night. X number four happened across about four weeks. <sighs> I hope I hope by hearing all those different stories, you've been able to fit yourself into relation. Do I relate to any one of those given stories? Are there things there that I can see that I've done well? I can take pieces of that and go, yes, I, I definitely did that right. But then can you also say, okay, that's probably what I should have done instead. Improvements to make, things where I know that I fucked up. And we all got it. We all got it. You know, when I was banging on X number three, X three about uh, maybe a little bit of negligence in regards to, is this really the type of girl you should be having sex with? Is she so clean from the beginning? And we're going to get into much deeper ideas throughout the rest of this podcast, my friends. We've got a lot of questions to ask. But stay on X number three there for a second. It wasn't all bad. You know, he was coming off an experience of pretty incredible, in his words, sexual performance anxiety, now reworked into sexual experience anxiety as a result of the last podcast. Took the lessons from our session together, which then formed a podcast, executed, did much better, slowed down. He said that he spent way more time just making out before they even got undressed. So here, let's just, let's just fly into this right now. What does sex even mean? We need to nail this out. We cannot do a podcast on what is the meaning of sex in your journey if you don't even understand what sex is. You'd be forgiven if you're a 13 or 15-year-old whose mind initially goes to and stays at, rests at, sex is purely intercourse, penetration. What is the word? Well, maybe we should go with the etymology. You may hear me with the etymology of things. The etymology of sex. What is the word, where does the word sex even come from? Well, the word sex in Latin, the origination is sex is or sex us and sex us is merely referring to the sexes of male and female that's all it ever referred to as the actual verb use of the word sex was not found until much later on and it's doing my research on it it's not really a really nailed down point this person used it here now that's now sex is now the verb but it was at least in part shortened from sexual intercourse and where intercourse came from the inter coitus, the intercoition, depending on whether you want to take the Latin or the French, uh, sorry, the Latin or the Old English, but the Latin coitus, meaning coming together. So the if you can take, put these things together now, you got sex, male and female, coitus, coming together, sexual intercourse, sex. There's your etymology. Fucking research. <laughs> That's not what sex is though. Let's be honest here. In 2022, we can go a level deeper than that. That may be what sexual intercourse is in the very physicality and penetration of things, no doubt. But is that really the journey of sex? Is that really the dance between masculine and feminine energy in which sexual energy is transferred and a recognition of not only attraction, but comfort and trust? The fire and the cool water put together in order to form a bubble, a safe space, a vessel, if you will, between masculine and feminine energy. And if you would like to step even one more deeper, a exploration of sexual spirituality, what that would look like, what that means in terms of sex, to understand who you are through deep sexual practice, through the, not just the penetration, but through the entire dance that led to penetration, including penetration, it is important, but as I mentioned in the last podcast, the way that she held your hand the first time in the car as you drove home. The way that she softened her eyes for the first time 
as he looked at her under the stars. The way that you ran your finger down her neck as she quietly let out a gasp. These small moments in time, these small moments in your relationship together in the birthing of sexual fire, a raging, blazing sexual fire between you two, it always starts in small moments. You know, even with X1, even with X1 story, while it was very physically aggressive, like they met and during the day and then they drove back, to, they went to the Starbucks and then drove to her apartment. And then they chill in the apartment, but it wasn't just like they just got into the apartment and started having sex. No, there was a moment where he said, hey, come over here. After they had been talking for a little bit, hey, come over here. That hey, come over here is part of sex. The hey, come over here is part of sex. When she comes over to him and doesn't just sit next to him, but sits on him, sex is begun. What we're really trying to nail out here, my friends, without getting too deep with it, I'll, I'll stop here, but just to put a real capper on it. Sex is the dance between masculine and feminine energy. That's what sex is. That's what I believe sex to be. That's when you take the real depth of what that word actually means. When you step out 30,000 feet and you get your psychological concept around interrelation between masculine and feminine beings. When we refer to sex in this space, we refer to it as the entire dance, not just penetration. If I'm referring to penetration, I will use the word penetration and I'll use the word intercourse. You'll never hear me say intercoitus. <laughs> Uh, we're not living back in Latin times. And now that we've got through the etymology of things, let's get back to that core fundamental question of what is the meaning of sex in your journey? Wherever you are in the journey, have you asked yourself, am I using sex as a reflection point or as an activation point? Does sex reflect who I am and the development that I have blood, sweat and tears grinded over for some of you across years, years of development that I had to face the very demons that lurk within myself to exercise them, to choose the very best of myself in as many situations as possible, only to come out the other end of them scathed, cut, deep, grinded down to nothing, and then rebuilt into a being of supreme excellence, and then to have a feminine being look at me and go, I can see your masculine energy. It's wholesome. It's excellent. It's trustworthy. I feel comfortable around it. I want you to take me a little bit deeper. I can feel that vessel within you. That is a reflection. Are you using sex as a reflection point? Or are you doing the opposite? Using sex as an activation, an activation of validation. Because you lack within, as I said at the beginning of this podcast. Are you just using sex because you're trying to fill a hole within yourself? And so you must activate these sexual experiences because you are so inadequate, so limited in your belief, so incapable of recognizing the flaws that you hold, the improvements that need to be made, and you're not willing to go and do them. So instead, you'll pass off that responsibility. You divert, you will mask off into, it could have been anything. It could have been porn. It could have been food. It could have been drugs, social media, any addictive behavior. Sex can just be one of them. To use sexual validation to feel something within yourself. As I said, activating these experiences to take something outside of yourself to make you feel more inside. The cup that never will be filled. The cup that has no bottom is that process. Question that you need to ask yourself in regards to the, the journey and what, what you're only your journeys of self-cultivation, but what sex means within your journey, I would hope that you would only use it as a reflection point. You know, I've had many a client who have toiled away on themselves 
told away on themselves for years at some times. Not necessarily with me for years, some of them, but some of them came to me after years of toiling away. Whatever it may have been, I had examples of both. And sexual intercourse and sex itself, so the entire package, was never something that they had fully grasped. It's something that still yet to have become a reality within their lives. And every I, I could I would have to search rigorously to find an example that didn't include what I just mentioned about reflection versus activation. Those who truly desire sex to the point of chasing it are the ones who never find it. You have to put yourself, if you're a masculine being, in the feminine shoes. What does she want to feel from you? How does she want to feel herself? If you were a girl and you were selecting about which guy I want to have a sexual experience with, would you take yourself? That is a tremendous question. Something that masculine beings are very underdeveloped in. Not that they don't have the potential, because I see my clients develop in this uh, way quite well, but it's not something that seems to be quite hardwired. It's something that has to be learned actively, which is the ability to envision and experience from the feminine perspective. And I'm not just talking about arbitrarily how a girl might feel in general. I'm talking about you go through an experience with a girl and then you got to reflect it backwards. So you got to rerun the experience as if you're her looking at you. That is a completely different world of visualization. Some of you may be familiar with this visualization technique of going through your experiences in life, rerunning them to the point of finding all the improvements to be made and then harmonizing a new visualization that is the one you would actually want, the reality you would want. It's quite common. I don't think I've ever heard anyone else describe what I do with my clients, which is, now there might be, but I just don't, I have not heard it. It's something that I just do on my own and I've given to my clients on my own, which is, Rerun the experience through her perspective, through her eyes, seeing you, seeing you. You would say, okay, what do I need to feel from this guy in order to feel comfortable? Number one, to feel attracted. Number two, to feel comfortable, which of course would lead to the trust that would lead to a sexual space. The two ends of a raging bull and a soft shell crab. You know, what I'm really speaking to was there is a raging bull being a 10 and a soft shell crab being a zero. In terms of your ability, your sexual ability to not only read in physicality, but more so emotionally, where a person is at. There are problems on both. There, and I've had clients on both ends. And so what sex means in their journeys is learning to, if you are a raging bull, which means you go too hard too fast, which means that you push people a little too hard, uh, not just the physically, but I'm really speaking more to the psychology of things. Right? And some of, for, for those of you that are soft-shell crabs, I should probably paint that out. What does that even mean? Because if you're a soft-shell crab, you have no idea what that even looks like. What that looks like very real or very uh, tactically, very sweaty in the palms is that if your sexual desire is a lot more upgraded than hers, a lot more fervent, more intense, when she shows that she needs a break, <laughs> I was going to say stop sending nudes. It's such a social media way of going about it. That, that, that's not only a part of it, but you know, it's like take a breath. Take a deep breath here. Slow it down for a second. It doesn't always have to be a thousand ppm, right? A thousand pumps per minute. It doesn't always have to be, you know, especially also after an orgasm. One thing that I find, if you were to pay true attention to a female in the moments after an orgasm, 
the orgasm is like a shockwave that leaves a vacuum. And that vacuum can be, as many males do who are in the raging bull mindset, can be filled with more physicality, can be filled with more fire, or it can be filled with love. I'm not talking about you know Disney fairy tale love, as in brushing away her forehead and saying, you know, I'm going to be with you forever. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is deep presence of love to just put your arm around her, let her fall into your chest. Allow her to hear your heartbeat, the rising and falling, the deepening of your breath, to feel the very nerves of your fingers tingling as you caress each little fold and curve around her body. Waves of blood surging, coursing throughout you. The humidity of the room. The tension. The tension between you two. The trust. All these minute details of an experience. What I'm talking about here is mindfulness. The awareness of what can be filled in the vacuum after an orgasm. Being attentive, being aware of what she needs in that moment. You know, just because later on, if you were to look back on that experience and go, all right, I went to have sex again, or I went to do something else with her, I went to play with her more. She didn't say no. She, she, she seemed to be okay with it. That's, there's a difference between she's okay with it and that was the best move. She's okay with it or what was the best move? I encourage you, we're in deep sexual practice ideas now, I encourage you when you are in deep sexual experiences that pay close attention to the vacuum moment after an orgasm. That left or right fork in the road of, okay, I'm going to spend the time here, even if it's only but for but 30 to 60 seconds, of which that you just literally feel the raising of your heart and you allow her to feel that as well. It might give you a different idea of what sex is, it might give you a different idea of when, especially so close to sexual penetration, after you've just done sexual penetration, to return back to the major concept of what sex is in general. Switching back ends to the soft shell crab. If you're a raging bull, what the hell does that mean? Well, it's actually, uh, it's probably a little bit easier to envision that. The soft shell crab is, it's, it's such a, it's such a painful point for soft shell crabs because I feel like with a raging bull, it's easy to teach a raging bull to chill out. It's easy to teach because that's essentially what I just described. You could have just described all the romantic poetry of what I just went into into chill out, mate. <laughs> chill out. But it's not just chill out. Of course, there's a lot more to it, but that could be very crudely summarized to just chilling out. It's easier for someone to chill out than for someone to rev up. And what I'm talking about with a soft shell crab, the revving up of his sexual energy is quite a difficult thing to do. So trust. Trust in that if you're in this space... It's comfortable. It's really easy as a soft shell crab to fall into this, I'm having to do things to her. I'm having to please her. I'm having to satisfy her. I have to make this good. You're in this, as I said before, an activation moment. You're in an activation moment in a very micro-tactical sense. When I was talking about the difference between reflection and activation before, 
that was very macro. I'm talking about in terms of your journey, in terms of relating to sex. But we're talking about in actual sexual intercourse now. You could very much apply, and that's actually how you know something is is actually quite true. You know that you found truth in something when the macro principle applies in micro and vice versa. So if you were to apply as a soft shell crab, a reflection activation mindset or the difference between the two in your micro sexual tactics, which is to say that if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling this falling, petering sense of confidence because I just don't know if I can please, satisfy, do, etc. Activation, activation, activation. Well, how about step back? Slow down. Number one, recognize the space you're in. There was a contract signed a long time ago. You know, one of the best ways of just easing yourself, as I said in the last podcast, is just build more comfort, build more trust, which only reveals to you the comfort and trust that is already there. I went through the process of, well, my number one recommended process of doing this, which is just through massage. But it's more of a mindful massage than anything else. It's not just like, it's not for the therapeutic physicality sense of, well, it will provide that. That's not the reason you're doing it. To be that soft shell crab who's feeling all that lacking sense of confidence, overwhelm, anxiety, and to say to the girl, hey, just lie back for me. And you just work, work your way down her body as if counting grains of sand. As if the caressing of each fold, of each moment of her self, of her very being in this world, while yes, you may be running your fingertips down the inside of her arm, what you're really attending to is the existence of the universe within her. The very fabric of what makes up life is before you, within this beautiful human being. So why rush? Why feel overwhelmed? Why feel anxious? Because it's not asking anything of you, other than to just be there in that moment. Accept and acknowledge, realize. Now, okay, I'm so tense. Tense in the feet, tense in the head, tense in the arms, tense in my heart. Why? She's lying down here so comfortable. She trusts me. Slow it down. Social crabs. You get too fast in your mind. Get too fast in your mind, lock you down. So now you start playing safe, too safe. That's what soft shell crabs are. They're safe, soft shell crab. You play too safe. You play too safe as you are, this is prior to this moment, because obviously you wouldn't be doing this if you were actually, or you wouldn't be feeling a soft shell crab mentality. You wouldn't be acting that out if you had taken the time to realize the comfort and trust that was already built, that was already there, because you two would not be naked in the bed together if there wasn't already a contract signed in spirit, in sexual spirit, in sexual energy, both on a physical, mental, and now spiritual plane. The three different planes of sexuality, physical, mental, and spiritual. <clears throat> Relax. It's, you know, it's almost the exact same, uh, it's almost the exact same thing that I said for the Ragey Bull, is it? Chill out, mate. <laughs> chill out. You can, you can surmise everything into chill out, mate. So it's obviously a lot more than that. I loved, uh, hopefully you can see how the larger truth of reflection versus activation. Now, let's just finish that point. Isn't that just pure? Isn't that just pure, simplicity truth? That to lay someone down and to massage through their entire body, to caress through their entire body, that is to reflect on who they are. That is to reflect on the moment. That is to reflect on the sex you are engaged in. So much anxiety and so much overwhelm comes through the activating mindset, having to do, having to be, 
Whereas if you can sit back into what already is, what already can be, what has already been provided for us here together in this moment, masculine and feminine, let's honor each other. I'm here with you now. I'm here with you now. I hope you could feel into that. For those of you that are a little bit soft shell crabby and you know, largely extends to just in an anxiety-filled moment, in an anxiety-filled moment, in a moment filled with overwhelm and pressure. If you could just slow down for one moment, take a deep breath and just say to yourself, I'm here with you now. It makes me feel good as the rain drops outside and it is so humid in this room. It feels like we're in Malaysia right here. But when I say those words, I'm here with you now, how can you not feel calm? How can you not slow down? How can you not join the infinite dance that we know to be masculine and feminine energy? So, I want to ask you guys a question now. In regards, coming back up to this bamboo shoot of what does it mean? What does sex mean in your journey? <clears throat> what if a, say tonight, what if tonight you get a knock at the door? You open up and there's a woman standing there. You don't know her. Well, you don't know her well. And he looked down and holding her hand is a small three-year-old girl. And the woman says to you, this is your daughter. What now does sex mean in your journey of life? in your journey of self-cultivation. This question of, and of course I am referring to, well, for those of you who are older that do have children, it still applies, but this is really going to hit for those of you that don't have children. I don't have children either. But this is a question that I ask myself as well, which is what if a woman one night rocked up on your doorstep with a three-year-old girl, specifically if you're a masculine being, And so this is your daughter. And now a buffet of questions is upon you. What are you going to do? More importantly, who are you going to be? What changes in your perspective on life? What changes in your perspective of sexual experience itself? You would be amiss. To think that I'm pointing towards, okay, got to be safer. Got to start using more condoms. No, 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 no. Well, while that might be a good thing, uh, depending on depending on you, depending on your abilities, I should say, that's not what I'm pointing to here. What I'm pointing to here is sex and the journey of going through a journey of self-cultivation. Sex itself is development. I would hope that if you were to ask that question genuinely to yourself and to visualize that girl being there, the first things that would come to mind would be, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to keep doing? What is it that I have been doing in regards to my internal development? This is where this is all coming back to. In terms of my development as a human being, am I prepared? Am I not prepared to handle the situation? If not, why not? What do I need to change? 
I find the dance between masculine and feminine energy to be an instructor that is an instructor of the way of things. There's, I've always said that the art of self, of cold social dynamics, is the number one art of learning about yourself. While martial arts, solo travel, uh, deep cold plunges, deep physical experiences, skydiving, etc., bungee jumping, all of these things, while they, they are tremendous as well in offering you enlightenment as to who you are, and they force you into a position where you just, most of, the, most of it is your subconscious taking over. And when you see your subconscious take over, it's far more representative of who you actually are. Your subconscious mind is the, is the iceberg beneath the water. Conscious mind being that tip above. You're the elephant. You're the, you're the man riding the elephant. Your elephant itself is that subconscious mind. In the way of things, when you find, especially through cold social dynamics, cold social dynamics is mostly subconscious. You know, you might say to yourself going into that interaction, you see that girl on the street, see her in the coconut oil aisle, got to go say hi, see her in the bar, see her in the airport. You might say to yourself consciously, ah, got to see it, got to meet that girl, All right, that girl, right? You might even be beyond that point and maybe you are just so well-trained, so unconsciously competent that you just go, see and go. Nevertheless, wherever you may be, however you may be, if there was a conscious moment, it didn't last very long. Once you were over there in front of her, for the most part, until you guys really slow down and you really start to relax into what this is and maybe, maybe, for a moment, have to cognitively interject to handle some logistical detail. For the most part, it is subconscious. Such is the... And such it reveals your development. Because you you can fake. You can fake and make through conscious... Lo- the linguistics of things, through the cognitive processing of things to fool people. You know, when you are meeting a person for the first time and they're asking, what do you do? Where are you from? You know, and you want to, and you perceive them to be someone of a high stature or high status in this world of worlds, this floating world, as A.G. Oshikawa would refer to it as. And so you put on a farce. You you wrap, you go into your magic word machine known as the brain and cognitively come up into that space and go, okay, fuck, got to say that I'm this type of guy, got to portray myself this way, got to make sure that they think that I'm a real bowler. And you know, you just go into these loops in your mind, trying to carve and uh, sculpt what their perception is of you. It's very cognitive, very logical. But it doesn't, while that does definitely say, it just says a lot about you, it doesn't really reveal a lot about you. And what I'm trying to delineate between there is that it gives us clues, but doesn't give us hard evidence. Hard evidence of your development and who you are would be forcing you into a plane and pushing you out or asking you, sorry, I should say, asking you to jump out, putting you on a bridge and saying, asking you to jump off, putting you in a hectic nightclub, putting your absolute 10 in front of you with her friends dancing around getting drinks around, sitting on a couch around and saying, okay, there she is. What are you going to do? A revelation that would give us evidence of your internal development would be you on the rug, would be you in the sand, under the moonlight, crisp, waves crashing over and you have that moment to kiss her. Do you kiss her? You have that moment to slightly unhook her bra. 
to bring her into your arms. Not say to her that it'll be all right, but to say to her, it'll be all right. When you realize that this woman is showing preceded signs of attachment, authenticity principles there for you. Do you act upon it? Some of these moments happen very quickly. Some of these moments, if one is not prepared for, you would skip over and realize only in retrospect that you made a tremendous mistake. Now, my client in X4, X4 story, he had the benefit of having a coach to work with to come back and liaise with to find out would this be the right moment to have a conversation with her about where I'm at sexually in life before we even go and have sexual intercourse and, and, and complete the journey fully encompass the journey of sex itself with this woman. He had the benefit of having some time in between experiences. It didn't happen all in one stage, all in, all in one, all in one, from one moment to the end. There was space in between the dates. So he was able to prepare himself in the moment. But I wonder how he would have performed. I wonder what would have happened if he hadn't had that preparation. Would he still have just gone through with the sex? Even if... Now, we know. We know now, but only know now through the benefit of hindsight that she didn't have preceded... She was actually the opposite. She didn't want to get into a relationship straight afterwards because of some pretty some jaded experiences in the past. But that was, that's, that's a coin flip. That's a 50-50 flip. And we would never act upon a random chance. We would never risk something so risky. We would always act... As I say, through principle, we would always run our lives through development and guided through principles. And so this is where this point comes back to. Now we can really start to finish this up with a three-year-old girl, which is the reason why I asked that is that that three-year-old girl question is not to put your mind into, okay, fuck, got to go get the, got to go get baby food now or got to go get a pram or, you know, no, it's not the tactics of that stuff. We're talking about, you fundamentally as a human being, what have you done? Who are you? How deep is your heart? How deep is your heart in relation to your pockets? Deep heart versus deep pockets. Have you considered this? Have you considered that it's possible to have deep pockets and a very shallow heart? Have you considered that it's very possible to have a very deep heart, still very shallow pockets? Throughout the last, I would say, almost a year, but at least the last six months, I've come into contact with a lot of, of people who have very deep pockets. I'm talking about people in the, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to mention any names here. Ah, uh, but that's what I want to make. I want to mention names, but I remember the industries. So, as a lot of, a lot of, as a lot of you know, I'm very heavily involved in the freedom movement down here in Australia. And I've come across a lot of people from all different walks of life, whether people that come from the automotive industry, people that come from the business industry, hospitality, et cetera, et cetera, people that are in high positions of status and power here in particularly in my state. And, and it's just occurred to me, and I've actually spoken about this well before the whole freedom thing and COVID started, just through purely through traveling. You know, oil tycoons I sat on next to on planes 
uh, traders, people that spend all their days trading money and it's just, that's all they do, but they're rich as fuck. So I have experience in this before the last six to eight months. It's just that I've been meeting a lot of them the last six to eight months, which is people that have very deep pockets, but not particularly deep hearts. What kind of development have they been through? (sighs) Had friends in the past. Had friends in the past, deep pockets, not particularly deep hearts. Now, let's get into that deep... And I think it's pretty self-explanatory what deep pockets means. Obviously, very financially well off. But deep hearts is not self-explanatory. Deep hearts, I am specifically referring to in this session, in this podcast, in regards to deep sexual practice that would inform a deep heart. See, deep heart could be mistaken for very just generally and not you would not be wrong like it's not wrong but it's not specific to say that oh to just care and have general care and well-being for all beings yeah that's great that's good absolutely i would want that i would want to cultivate that but what i'm speaking to here when i say deep heart is the ability to feel your heart in connection with another's the depth of heart felt within a sexually intimate space It is a predetermined conclusion that you would not reach any level of depth in what I just said if you are cognitively processing. If you are naked with another human being and you're in your them, in your mind, going, okay, feel her heart, feel my heart, feel my heart in relation to hers, get to that depth Adam's talking about. That, that's, you don't, you've already cooked yourself before you've even attempted to start the main course so you need to step back and go what kind of psychological state would i need to be in well, it would have to be quite a subconscious one wouldn't it it would have to be quite an unconscious one right now for those of you who are listening to the podcast i'm doing some weird shit with my hands basically i'm doing some worm shit with my hands what that really means is that i'm i'm letting the tension go i'm shaking my hands out the tension's leaving me loose body loose mind if you've got a, if you've got a tight mind start with a tight body if you've got a tight mind, you definitely got a tight body. Loosen up the body. It's a good day. It's a good gateway through to the mind, which is why I said before, laying someone down and going through the massage, the caressing of their entire body, go through the body, develop some trust. You can always do it at very low levels, and it's always very comfortable. Anyways, moving back to this, deep hearts, deep hearts. In order to connect hearts with people, it reveals your subconscious development. It really, truly reveals who you are. I did not grasp this as a younger masculine being. I thought sex was the penetration of things. And so at that stage in my journey, what was the meaning of sex? The meaning of sex was very much validation activation points. It was because I said to my mates, I'm going out on a date tonight and there better be a story on the back end of it. How misaligned, how misguided that thought space was. How much I needed someone like myself to look him in the damn eyes and say, what the hell do you think you're doing? Who the hell do you think you are? You don't even know who you are. Try that again. Try running that again. But honor the dance between masculine and feminine energy and come back to me. Oh, you said you experienced a whole bunch of tumultuous anxiety and deep feelings of inadequacy as well? Well, well now we know why. Come back to me when you truly understood what it means to be a man in relation to a woman. Not a man or your idea of a man in relation to society or in relation to your friends or your family or your egoic concept of what success and failure is, come back to me when you understand what it means to be a man in relation to a woman. The woman. 
a woman, the woman with you now. Depending on where you're coming from in life to this podcast, you may be at the stage that I was when I was 19. And maybe a lot of these concepts fly straight over your dome piece. Just not getting a piece of it. It's like, I kind of was with you for the first half an hour, but now I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. That's good. I expect that would be the case. Because the things that I'm talking about here are largely just fingers pointing towards the moon. Now, I know there are a lot more of you who are far more deeply sexually practiced that would be hearing this and go, okay, maybe there's some things that I'm missing, but I I generally understand what you're saying. That's good as well. What I'm asking all of you to do is to cultivate a deeper understanding of what heart is. Not the, not the, uh, the ventricles and not the aorta, not the anatomy of things, not the macro caring for people, which is great. We definitely need that. I'm talking about, you could, you could really boil it down when I say a deep heart and deep practice of heart is a deep practice of knowing who you are. Because that's what the three-year-old girl needs from you, by the way. By the way, that's what the mother who you had sex with three years ago, three and a bit years ago, and now has rocked up with his daughter on your doorstep. I'm not going to say that there aren't some mothers out there, some women out there that would purely be hunting for financial backing and stimulus. Of course. But I would never assume someone taking a negative standpoint to begin with because there's always the positive. There's always something that I know because that may or may not be there. But what I do know that will be there with all women is that they want to know that the man or the person they had sex with three years ago is now a man. Whether he was then or wasn't, who knows? But at least now, when the stakes are high, when another life has been introduced, while there may be many other distracting factors, we can say for certain there is one that it will remain resolute and ubiquitous amongst all women and all children, which is that they want to see a man in their father. They want to see a man in their partner. And what a man is, a man is a journey. A man is a journey who accepts where he is on that journey. You will never receive a letter in the mail that says you have become a man. Getting a tattoo does not make you a man. Having sexual intercourse does not make you a man. Achieving some level of financial status and wealth does not make you a man. There are many boys I know with deep pockets, many boys I know with big bodies. That's the other thing I didn't even mention. Having a six-pack and jacked doesn't make you a man. There are many boys with BMWs. There are very few people, though, who I can genuinely look in the eyes and the reflection coming back at me is myself. When someone is concerned with fasting, veiling their way through life, conjuring up a false pretense of who they are so that you would like them more, It's very hard to get a clean look at yourself in their eyes. 
What am I speaking to here is the mirror. To me, a man offers a reflecting mirror. Because in in order to look into someone's eyes and see yourself staring back, means that the person on the other end has let go of themselves, so they're free. And that's free to act without limit. I don't judge someone based on their net worth or their status and position in society, their followers, the clothes they wear, the car they drive. I judge them based on the work they've done inside themselves. Throughout life, you will find and you will come across many people that are in different volatile states of everything that I just mentioned. I've had many friends who have found themselves at the peak of social status, you know, that they've got, they've got particularly in social media, tens of thousands, the tens of thousands to the hundreds of thousands of followers that can choose any car they want, can live in whatever's uh, well-off to do state, city, suburb in Australia they want. Money is of no object to them. Some of them through their own diligence, as in some of them through their own trading, stocks, crypto, some of them through uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, selling of merch, you know, that type of stuff. Some of them just through inheritance. Yet when they fell upon, come across a trying, testing moment of who they are, crumbled revelating to me revelating to me and it always and it reminds me of this concept this equation deep pockets versus deep heart which one would you rather which one does your three-year-old daughter need which one does your partner of once need tying this back now the reason why i brought this one up is because this one talk about mirrors coming back to the mirrors of things the sexual space is the ultimate mirror. The sexual space really does engage all of your subconscious. It really, especially, well, listen, it's like you, if you are conscious during the sexual experience, and I'm talking not about like, okay, someone's about to bang on the, someone's banging on the door or I'm going to move this pillow. But even then, now that's still, it can be pretty unconscious as well. You hear what I'm saying that apart from random moments of, uh, having to do something in, that interjects the presence of the moment of you and this being in a sexual space, it's going to be largely unconscious, largely subconscious. And so you get to see all of yourself. If you have done a tremendous level of development and work within yourself, it will be revealed in a sexual space. No doubt about that. And then how you view that in post. Hmm. There's another question I was going to ask you guys, which was, does sex define who you are? on the validation of things. <sighs> I mentioned before, well, we talked about deep hearts, deep pockets. Let's talk about deep sexual practice. How many of you know people with deep sexual practice, yet you would not trust them when the hordes were at your gates? On the eve of battle, and that your village was about to be tirated, raided, burned to the ground, all of your friends and family, either murdered or raped. And you're, and you're there. And you're there. 
you're preparing yourself for the potentialities of everything I just said. And you're going to resist as much as you can, but you get to select who stands on the wall next to you, who meets those hordes at the gates. Well, hold on. If we were to just define our search criteria to purely deep sexual practice, I hope you're thinking with me. A reel of faces just went through my head. I have some friends that are well into their hundreds of partners, sexual partners. I'm not sure if I have any, any friends that are in the thousands, but I know some that are definitely in the hundreds. Some of them, I would ask them to stay in the cellar. You stay in the cellar while me and the other men go and put our lives on the line. Not because we couldn't use an extra body or an extra sword. That would be helpful. But actually, I think it would hurt more. One chink in the chain causes it all to break down. I'd much rather a shorter chain, stronger though, complete, than to have one break in it, and that just pulls everything apart. What I'm speaking towards here with the deep sexual practice of things is that there are people who, what sex means on their journey, yeah, activation points, but even more than that, Recognition points. Recognition points of those guys that when you're at the you're in you're in the bathroom of the club or of the bar or even just restaurants I've been at actually, where it's like a it's a kind of like a mix between a restaurant and a bar. There's a bit of a night vibe there. People getting pretty loose. And you just the conversations you hear. Fucking eight. Gonna gonna bang this chick tonight. She's so into me. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> It's, you know, I'm talking, it, it, it's almost like words, it, it boils a fire within me. I feel, I feel Odin boiling within me when I think of and, and recall these, these uh, conversations I've heard from masculine beings around how it's the number, it's the volume of their sexual practice that their self-worth is dependent upon, stands upon, founded upon. It's like, but, but I wouldn't have you defending my village and my women and children, even if you asked. Even if you asked, I wouldn't have you. Because I know that the moment the hordes arrive, you would break rank. You would turn tail and go AWOL. MIA, soon to be KIA, because of your lack of character and development. I would much rather be on the gates and the walls with someone who has no sexual practice, yet has deep heart, deep character. For whatever reason. Now, the question does definitely arise. Is it possible to have deep character and deep heart without deep sexual practice? I think so. I think so because I know so. So I need to take away think so. I know so. Because many of my clients that I have not only traveled across the world with to work with back when traveling was allowed for people like me, unvaccinated people like me, that in all other areas of their lives were doing tremendous work, kept on top of their physical upkeep in terms of their temple, 
right? They're on it with their purpose. They're on it with their physical. They're on it with their mental development. It's just their social development was not there in terms of regarding specifically deep sexual practice. So many faces coming through my mind. But would I turn that guy away from defending the village of me? No. No, I would not. Now, does that to say that he doesn't have tremendous levels of development? Of course. Of course, as we all do. But, but you can see the equation of what I am balancing here. Deep sexual practice does not equal deep character. Trust. Trustworthiness. You know, for, for some guys, I'll give you some examples. There are some guys that have come across to me, I've come across, that the reason why they don't have deep sexual practice at 19, 20, 21, is because that they've been living a religious life their entire life. Yet they're the salt of the earth. They're the grit. They're the grit in the sand that I feel every day on the beach. There are some that they only ever had one girlfriend. And that was the girl that they rode through all out high school with. They never actually had sex though. Maybe they did everything. I've, they de- I've had specific examples of this. They did everything else under the sun, but they said they were going to save each other for when the time was right. And whatever that time may have been, may have been marriage they had envisioned. Okay. So you can see there are many different ways someone could happen across lesser, in terms of volume, sexual practice, yet have developed in so many other ways. For example, on the opposite end, would I want 19-year-old version of me with me now on the wall? No, no, no. You, you go back in the cellar. You go back in the cellar. Because I was underdeveloped in so many ways. My principles, not only were my principles not there, direct, congruent, authentic, covering of empathy, I barely knew any of those. Of, of any of them, the authenticity principle was probably the strongest, but barely. Like barely a passing mark even on that principle. And I definitely didn't have the other three. So, and lacking, well, but, 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 and this is the point, but for his age, had some pretty deep sexual practice, lost his virginity at 16 and had, at least through that, up into that period, had no problem with sexual practice up into that period. So what you can see right there is actually quite perfect. I'm, I'm surprised it didn't come up earlier. It's great that it's come up now. That while lacking in principle, abundant in sexual practice at that age, do I want that guy, my own version of myself, just a younger version, on the wall with me? Does sex define who you are was the beginning question here. And I, I mean... What that question boiled down to was a nice starting question. What it really specifically boiled down to was, does deep sexual practice define who you are? Does it reveal who you are? And we've gone off on many different tangents here. We had the first tangent or the first block of subconsciously, yes. Subconsciously, yes. Your sexual practice reveals who you are. It shows you everything of who you are. It's really quite something to behold when you're really tapped into it. I've described this in many other podcasts that the way you know that a sexual experience went well was that you weren't even there for it. It wasn't until later that night or the next morning that you really could conceive, perceive of what was achieved between you two. So yes, 
sex does define who you are, but not in the penetration of things. It defines by revealing what it is you have internally generated. It also tells us very much about the equation, the balance of character, character to practice, character to sexual practice. Hmm. As we start to bring this into the summary, into the final closing quarter of this podcast, <clears throat> as a coach of social dynamics, isn't my goal to get as many of my clients to have as many sexual experiences and practices as possible? Nope. I've had clients that have been with me for, what's the longest? I think two years and didn't have a single sexual experience during that at all yet were pursuing the development of social dynamics. And so herein lies a new question, which is, is is the goal of social dynamics to have sex? (laughs) And now, no, 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 hold, hold. Is the goal of social dynamics to have sex? Not sex, but sex, as we defined earlier. Not sexual intercourse, but the dance of sex. That's two very different questions, isn't it? Depending on the definition of the word. So no, the, so the first answer is no, but the second answer is yes. No, but yes. No. The journey of social dynamics and the meaning, the meaning of your journey is not in relation to sexual intercourse at all. And to prove that out, you could have a journey, a deep journey of social dynamics that lasted five years. And let's say you never even had intercourse throughout that five years, yet you could have developed in so many other ways. Your ideas of perceiving how other people perceive you, concepts of value, judgment, limiting beliefs within yourself, eroded, destroyed, paper walls that you erect to limit yourself into how you act, torn down. You can do all of that, a lot of that, without having sexual intercourse at all. To even just simply walk down the street and learn to see another human being as yourself does not require intercourse. And that is one of the key markers of social dynamics. To walk down the street, walk down the mall, see the guy on the, on the bench, pushing his papers, tapping on his tablet. Hey, there I am. See that mother walking with her pram, two twins, throwing bubbles. Hey. There I am. And not just to be able to say that, but to feel it and believe it. To really dive into the depths of what it means to see yourself in another in order to realize that you are no one and then in fact, everyone. If you haven't learned that yet through social dynamics, you got work to do. Your journey is not yet. Your journey is not yet complete. But in regards to the question of the second part of that, is the meaning of social dynamics to have sex in all of its universality, in in all of its all-encompassing definition of this is the dance between masculine and feminine energy, then yes. Because then largely what we're saying is that the meaning of social dynamics is to understand life, to understand humanity. Humanity 
in relation to the universe, your position within the universe as a human being. And to not only recognize that, but to recognize the universe within each other. Did he become love or did love become him? I love it. Did he become the universe or did the universe become him? I love it. It requires this depth of embrace, depth of embrace into what you're doing here, which is why I wanted to do this podcast and where I will start to now bring this to a summary. That particularly for X4, story X4, the one that met in the day, had his first kiss on the day two, had the talk on day three before having sex, then had sex. I just want to wrap it up on this. He's been through a lot of shit, self-imposed shit. You know, being one of his clients, being him being one of my clients, I know his journey intimately, very intimately. He's worked very tightly with me uh, for basically the entire pandemic. You know, for the first half of the pandemic, he couldn't do any cold social dynamics because of the lockdown situation. But after that, I put him through, I put him through some shit. Well, I've asked him to go through some shit and he has added extra shit on top of that, which is to say that he has dragged himself through unnecessary barbed wire by making things more difficult for himself, choosing to make the journey harder than it needs to be. I won't go into any details, but if he's listening to this, he certainly knows what we're talking about. You know, what I'm saying is that there's a direct path to learn a lesson and there's an indirect path. The indirect path is always more painful rather than just getting it out of the way. So, so, so what I'm, the reason why I pointed this out is because he's, he's been through so much. And finally, just a week ago, he had his first ever sexual experience that included, that was a completion of the sexual experience that included sexual penetration. So both packages of the term sex there. First time. First time. You need to behold that. That is a tremendous moment in anyone's journey, whether you are practicing cold social dynamics or not. But if you are practicing cold social dynamics, you had to go out of your way. Is this was not an online dating app. This was not friends of friends. This was not a lukewarm at the gym. This was I saw a random human being throughout their day. I went up to them to incept this interaction, this connection between two people. It's a different thing. It's a very different thing. And to do enough throughout that process that she would recognize, as I've said and continuously said throughout this podcast, that I see the masculine energy within you. It's excellent. I can trust in it. It makes me feel comfortable. I know you're going to take care of me. You won't hurt me. While she may not say these things in her mind, these are things that are being checked off. Left, right, and center. Count it. Navigates the experience. There's still resistance within it. He didn't just kiss her effortlessly on the day two. He had some battles in his mind even to get himself to do that. He's trying to act through principles on the day three, you know, doing his best to check to make sure that I'm not going to be overstepping any potential preceded seeds here or unintentionally nurturing them. I'm going to try and rip out these weeds if they are there to begin with. And so has the conversation. Even just that, even just the talk. You know, if you're a practitioner of social dynamics, you'd be comfortable with that. You've done it many times. You know what it's like to be there with a new potential partner and just say, hey, listen, by the way, I just think we should get some clarity on where we're at in our lives. You know, right now, I'm just looking to explore myself and get to know myself in relation to others, which means it is important for me to be able to see other people. And I want you to have that same freedom as well. So yes, that does mean sexual freedom with other people. And if at any, of it's, if at any point this is not okay with you, 
or if you would like to, maybe it is okay with you now, but later on it isn't. I want you to feel so trusting and comfortable to be able to come to me and say that, okay, we need to change this up or we need to review this or feelings have changed within me. Maybe I want to go a bit deeper on you and just be exclusive, whatever it may be. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm looking to move forward and I want to hear what you think about that. You practice with that conversation, that talk, having it front up. This is his first time doing that. First time. Where you guys chatting to? Hasn't even hasn't had sex with her yet, which by the way, is not, I would say, standard. Standard is that it's it's not I mean when I'm saying standard, I'm talking about my own experiences, but also not just by my own experiences, all the different clients I've coached across the last six years. The average would be most people don't show such heavy signs of preceded attachment that you need to have the talk prior to the first sexual experience. The average person, generally speaking, is willing to foray into a sexual experience once and then make their decision about, okay, is this boyfriend-girlfriend material? Do I want to dive a bit deep? You know, that's most people. It's only it's people that have been abused, have been jaded, allowed themselves to become jaded as a result uh, of previously bad experiences, all these different things that would show intentionally preceded signs early to try and set up a, a fish net, a shark net, a net to be able to catch anything that would come through that or to prevent something coming through that they did not want. Putting up walls is what I'm saying. That's not on average though. That's not most people. So... It's not normal to have the talk. Not, not normal is not the right way to say it. It's not average. It's not, you won't spend, if you had 10 sexual experiences just like this, where you met a random person in the day or in the night, it doesn't really matter where you met, but they were random too. I would not expect the majority of them, you needing to have the talk because you sensed preceded attachment prior to the first sexual penetration experience. I definitely would not put my money on that. Is it possible? Of course. I definitely wouldn't put my money on it. Will that change in future? Absolutely. That potentially could change in future. You know, times change. Times definitely change. But not at this time. So why I'm bringing this up is because for him to have to go through that prior, you know, in the abnormality, in the way that it's not, generally speaking, going to happen most of the time. So he's doing something that he's not only not experienced or practiced in, but something that is generally speaking not going to be practiced very as often, as often. So this, this what I'm trying to paint here is that it's, it's a pretty, if you're a first timer, it's a pretty daunting situation. Could be, could be a pretty uncomfortable situation. Now, am I just such a shit hot coach that I prepared him so damn well that he just executed like a boss? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. I would never presume to take so much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I think I think he genuinely just had the humility to do what was right. And I think by having the humility to do what's right, it's very hard to go wrong. It's very hard to go so wrong that you would burn someone. Yeah. Third principle, authenticity, internal compass, do what's right. So so not just that. So he did that, by the way. Did that. Did it so well that she heard him accurately, communicated accurately, and that she was able to relay how she felt accurately, which was in alignment with him. You know, it's just it's 
Incredible. And then they go into their first sexual experience that is including sexual penetration. So they're really the completion of the circle or the enso. The tail is now in the snake's mouth. Yeah? However, with all of that amazement, with all of that just ecstasy, really, just when you think about, and by the way, you guys don't know him, so you don't know what he's been through. You don't know the self-punishment he's been through to get to this point. It's been, some, it's been what breaks most people. Though. Like the fact that he hasn't given up, that he didn't give up along the journey, where I've seen so many other people give up on the journey of their own self-cultivation, particularly social dynamics. I've seen people, many people give up way earlier than this guy. Yeah, he, he stuck it out. Now, he didn't stick it out so that he could stick it in. He didn't stick it out so that and just put up with all this pain so that he could get into this sexual penetration experience. And you know what? You know how I can say that? Is because he didn't even tell me about this until I asked him. Upon asking him, because I asked him how did the day three go, he didn't even tell me how the day three went. I had to ask him for it. He wasn't going to tell me. Upon him telling me that he went through his experience, he offered no details. He offered zero explanation of anything. Nothing juicy, nothing dry. It was just purely the fact. He was, he, only thing he said to me was that, yes, we had sex. Yes, we are, we are having sex now. And I'm like, you are as dry and robotic as you could possibly be about this. It's like for all of the poetry, and he listens to the podcast as well, for all of the romantic ways you could describe the experience and what you guys were felt between each other, you know, they, they, there's so much. So you, this is what I'm trying to say here. Most clients, when they have their first, particularly first, first sexual experience that included penetration, they're like geysers. They're like waterfalls. Not necessarily out of ego, like saying how, how much of a boss they were, how awesome they were, no, but describing the experience. For example, let's just go back to just quickly to X2. Let's go back to X2. Let's just talk about the moment with the shower. Hold up. Okay, so it's roughly 1 a.m. at this point. Before anything else happened, I grabbed her hand and said, hey, take a hot shower with me. I said this for the only reason that I wanted to do it. And it felt so goddamn fun and spontaneous. Once we were in that hot water together, the rest of the night just flowed like butter. I don't consider myself super, super sexually experienced, but I have to say it's one of the best experiences I've ever had with a woman. Not only could I tell she was present and in her body as I was, but she also had this small, fit, feminine frame that made the sex even more incredible. She was also able to orgasm during regular penetration, which she's told she's never been able to do during a hookup, which signaled to me that she completely 100% trusted in me and that the frame that I set up for us was one that she could let go into. He went on to talk about the heartfelt goodbye. It almost felt bittersweet. That's what I'm used to. That, by the way, was that client's first sexual experience from Cold Approach as well. So you got two different worlds here. Two different worlds here. One in which a client having his first sexual experience goes into every, goes into a lot of detail, goes into a lot of the feeling of things, the raw emotion of things. But then you've got a different client who is just as dry and as bored, plain as it could possibly be. And I explained this to him. 
And said, you've got to work on this. Why do you got to work on this? <clears throat> depending on what country you live in, depending on what economic status you come from, it is reasonable to expect that you will live anywhere between 75 to 85 years as a human being. This planet, first off, as human beings, as a species, as a race, as a, as a general collection, we have only existed for, at the most, 300,000 years. The planet, I'm not even sure how long the planet's been around for, but I know that the universe is somewhere around three to four billion years. <laughs> three to four billion years. I'm not sure how old Earth is. Some of you can fact check me on that. But I know the universe, they're clocking at somewhere between three to four billion years. Human race, human species. 300,000. Your life. Reasonably expecting if you do everything very well. 85. 85 to 100, yeah? Like, exceptional would be 100 if you lived 100 years. Are you holding that silence? Are you feeling the depth of what I'm saying here? Of why I'm saying that? You need to get better at feeling the emotions. Communicating not only feeling, but communicating the emotions of an experience because it is so fleeting. We live in a floating world in a fleeting experience. And as a wise man once said, much of the trash of the floating world are fallen flowers. By A.G. Oshikawa. Much of the trash of this floating world are fallen flowers. Why I say that now is because what makes old people old, what makes old people dry, it's not because they're 80 years old or 85. It's because they lost the spark, the blazing fire within them. The candescence for life. Their grip on life became so weak, so distilled, so diluted is their experience that everything is mundane. Everything is but chalk. Chalk, dry chalk is every experience in their life. And it concerns me deeply that this client went through this tremendous journey of social dynamics that is still yet to be surmounted. So much more work for him to do. Yet, along the way, he happened to cross another being on this path that recognized something within him. And so they dived in. He did enough to be able to provide and honor what the masculine should for the feminine. She can trust, she can let go. Comes in. They join each other in the communication of sexual energy. Deep, raw penetration. And all I can get from him is chalk. He doesn't have to be a poet. He doesn't have to write books. He doesn't have to do podcasts about the experience. But the expression of the joy one feels, the expression 
or the love one feels signifies to me the deep heart. How deep is your heart? We can find in how deep is your love and your joy and your peace. What does sex mean in your journey? What is the meaning of sex in your journey? Is the answer to that question a little different now at the end of this podcast? If it is, then my work is done. If it isn't, then I will do better next time. But I hope that some of you would finish this session and not just move on to Instagram or Facebook or just go set up your ring light to take some nudes. (laughs) Yeah, rowdy boys. I hope that you would take some real time now. Clock out for the rest of the night. Don't download any more information. If you want to play some music, okay. And you might be listening to this at 9 a.m. Principle applies. You might be listening to this at 9 p.m. Principle applies. Don't move on from content such as this, things that have actual depth, things that have the power to change the very direction of your life. Don't move on from them so quickly. For example, last night, I finally finished Musashi by Eiji Yoshikawa. It's taken me a good minute. It's a thousand-page book. It's a long book, but it's taken me a minute to get through it. The final 27 to 30 pages had my heart racing. The entire book has been, I've got five-some pages of notes taken on this book. And not just like tiny little sheet papers. I'm talking about four A4 size pages. The final 30 pages had my heart racing. I stopped everything. I stopped everything. I reread so many parts of it before moving on to the next part just to make sure I understood what the hell he just said. At the end of it, I finished at like 6.30 p.m. last night and I didn't listen to anything else. I didn't listen to any other music. I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't go to another video. I'm disconnected from social media at the moment by choice for the last five days. So I was able to absorb it a lot better as well. But the, the, the ending of that book is something of legend. I understand why it's a legendary classic text now. The ending of it is just outrageous. It really is just so splendid in an illumination of what it means to be a warrior. It's incredible. It's, words really don't describe what it is. Like you just got to go through the, the book and you'll see what I mean. I'm definitely entering it into the resources of wisdom this week on boldojo.com in the book section, books of wisdom. But what I'm trying to say to you guys is that I didn't move on so quickly from it. I went to the beach, I did an hour, hour, 10 minutes worth of walking, and I just focused on the lessons of that book. I focused on particularly the last 30 pages. What does that mean about my life? What does that mean about who I am? I'm asking myself these questions. I'm trying to answer them while I'm having meeting people on the beach, saying hi to them in and out. They come up to me, I say hi, that's cool. Get back to it, get back to this work. Right? Just, just, and I spent the rest of the night as well, just in on what I learned from that. In our lives, we become so distracted. There's too many things that pull. And it is a disservice if you put in the effort to spend two, hour and a half, two hours with me here or with anyone else. And you feel like you got something within this to then just kind of pass it off afterwards. The work is not done within these podcasts. That's what I'm saying. The work is done afterwards. 
The true work is what you do moving forward now. And I want to hear about it. So drop me a comment down below on this video once you've had some time to process. Even if your comment is to say, I'm going to take some time to process. <laughs> and then I'll see you in five, 10 days or whatever. And you can send me an email at boldoja.com. And that is where we shall wrap this up. Thank you very much for diving into today's session. It was great to have you here. And I'd love your feedback. If you want to send me a message on either social media, on Instagram, or on Facebook, or through the website, all the links are down below. That'd be greatly appreciated. And if you would like to help to support the podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link or through boldoja.com. Again, all the links down below. Also, if you're not signed up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip, you can do so over at boldoja.com. Just a quick sip of Social Dynamics, little cheeky article. It's free every single week. Comes out on Fridays, Australian time, and also some other sexy updates from the rest of the universe and any other things that I think you guys need to know about that will not get censored over on social media. If you'd like to book one-on-one coaching sessions, create action plans, and overcome limiting beliefs to help you move forward in your life across any area of the temple, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, you can reach all of that through boldojo.com. Send me an email there if you're not quite sure, but you can check out the Bowl Coaching Memberships or just once-off sessions. And I look forward to diving deeper with you. You can also pick up the Guided Meditation, Eternal Energy on boldoja.com, a nice five-track, eh, we call it an album, but it's actually more of a course, just diving deep into who you are and evolving beyond. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash Adam Uwe, A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Or also directly on boldojo.com in the Boldojo podcast section. There's a direct link through the website if you want to donate through that as well. And anything that you guys donate is always most appreciated and just goes back to help supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at the bowl. So thank you very much. And finally, I wish you all the strength and power as you move forward in this life. Not only learning how to interact better with other people, but learning how to interact better with yourself. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.